Hi, this is Jamie. And this is Laura. Welcome to the Outsource Insiders Podcast, where we hope to educate, motivate, inspire, and entertain our listeners. Welcome, everybody, to episode number four. Yay, we made it to number four. Laura, it feels like a milestone, like we've made it. And I'm so excited. We have a great episode planned for today. Uh, actually, it was a pretty pretty cool thing. Uh, we got a message from a subscriber about a week and a half ago. Uh, sent Laura and I a message through our Facebook page. Thank you very much for messaging us. And um, they were asking a question. Wanted to know, uh, Jeff, he wanted to know what our top two tactics were that we focused on as entrepreneurs when we both started our business. So... Uh, Laura and I talked about it a bit and we thought, you know what, this will be a great total podcast. We'll just put a whole podcast around it. Um, and so, uh, Laura, you want to talk a little bit about how we came to putting our podcast together and how we're going to lay this one out? Yeah, absolutely. So it was really exciting to hear from a listener. We have listeners. It's, it's multiplicative. We have, we have listeners, plural, and, uh, you know, when Jamie and I were, were talking about, you know, what are the top two things? We're like, well, it's not just two, right? But it's not a hundred. You have to start somewhere. And we both came up with what we feel are five really good things that need to be done with marketing and five really good things that need to be done with operations. So I was going to start with the marketing. And the first thing first Uh, The number one thing that I always get asked when talking to a new client or somebody who's thinking about going to start their own business uh, or people who have been doing their business for a little while, and the number one thing is digital first. That tactic is a big one, but it all starts with having your company have presence on the web. And depending on what kind of business you have depends on what kind of brand presence you need. For example, I'm a consultant, so I'm not really geographically based. So to me, you know, knowing that I'm in Houston, Texas is important, uh, but it's not the most important thing because I don't have a brick and mortar store or people don't come to my office necessarily to get the services that they need because of the type of consulting that I do. But digital first is the most important. And finding a small agency or a company that can help you if you can't do it yourself, and there is a do-it-yourself method, but you know, you you know what you're good at and what you're not. And while you need to learn about digital, you don't actually be, you know, you don't actually need to be the person creating the website or writing it. Uh, but finding a way to be digital first is very important. Jamie, I'm sure you had that same kind of feeling when you started your consulting and also your real estate, right, with digital? Oh, absolutely. I know that uh, for what I was doing, the way, same with you on consulting, is the way I was going to attract those clients because they weren't sitting here in my, you know, in my city, they're all over, they're geographically dispersed. So I had to have a way to attract them. And then same with, same with my local business. Um, I had to have a way to put my message out. And honestly, everyone thinks digital, um, not only business owners, but all of our consumers, regardless if it's a business consumer or it's a, uh, just a, 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 a regular consumer person, um, they they go to their phone. They are googling everything. They're looking uh, on Google. They're looking on Facebook. They're there's anywhere that you could be. People have preferences to search for the things that they need. 
Yes, and Facebook is another thing too, and that, that's encompassed in the digital first. And what I'll say there is I don't have the exact stat, and I always like to have some stats for our podcast uh, episodes, but Facebook is the number one social media uh, utilized social media outlet out there. There's still a lot of popular ones, uh, but many people use Facebook. The majority of people do. So, you know, making sure that you have a presence there too, but you don't know what you don't know. And what I will say is for any company, there's a few basic things that you need for digital. First of all, you need a URL. You need a website address. You need to have people be able to find you on the web to learn about what it is that you do. The next thing is, uh, because Google is the um, most utilized search engine uh, on the web, and there's Firefox and there's Internet Explorer, uh, but Google Chrome and also Google as a search engine, you definitely need to have a Google My Business page. And you can easily do that. You can Google how to do that. Uh, the third thing that you need is presence on Facebook. Now, not every brand really truly makes sense for Facebook but there is a way for every company and brand to interact. So while you might not be a Coca-Cola with 4 million people that like your brand, you can still be a, a person like Jamie who is, who is constantly developing a following on her business Facebook page because she's utilizing it a lot and she's interacting a lot. But also what, what Jamie, what you do actually lends itself to Facebook. So you're finding probably more success. Uh, but that's the first thing. Now let's move to the second thing, branding your business. You have to have something visual to represent your business, whether it's a logo, a tagline, or both. You can't be a brand or a company without a way to visually represent it. So while it starts with a company name, it also goes into things like your website URL. Mine is torinmarketing.com. It also is your email address and usually it's at torinmarketing.com or whatever your business name is. Branding your business isn't always just visual. It is, you know, your operations of like how you represent your business as well. But branding your business is very important. There, there are companies that can help you do that. And then you can also, you know, do a lot of these things yourself because a lot of what these kind of five things that you must do with your marketing is really building the foundation of your business and building the foundation of how you will sell your services and also making sure that you have a very um, professional presence. Jamie, tell me uh, the number one thing that you did to brand your business. Um, you know, I, honestly, I probably followed your advice to the T. Uh, the first thing I did was think like a consumer and say, how is a consumer thinking about my real estate business, how is a consumer going to look for me? They're not looking for me because they don't know I'm there. They're looking for the service that I provide. So I had to put my consumer cap on and just kind of think, well, they're going to type this in on Google. They're going to look for this on Facebook. And so I just started coming up with key terms and words and things that I could use. So my URL for my real estate business is Jamie Ross Realtor. And so it's really easy. It has the name Realtor in the name. Um, and uh, it makes me a little e easier to find. Um, the only challenge I have with that URL, this is kind of a side note, is a lot of people misspell my name. And so my mis name is often misspelled 
However, to use the word realtor, I had to have my whole name in there instead of just my last name. So it's just a, something I have to work around. But so now when people pull up the, the word realtor, you know, hopefully as I continue to put information out on the web, then I become more, a little more relevant to Google and my name will pop up. Yeah, there's uh, always some challenges. One of uh, the challenges that one of my clients this year faced uh, because there's two segments of his business um, and he runs one side and his other family members run the other side, they kind of wanted to separate the businesses, but then Google saw that as being a duplicate listing. And so we had to take some measures with our agency to help make sure that you know everything was correct and people could get a hold of him because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. You know, you want you want people to know what you do and how they can get your service. Yeah, I have a question, Laura. Um, just wanted to see what your insight would be on this. So if I'm a new business owner and I'm trying to figure all these things out and I've got some ideas rolling around in my head, but more than likely I'm going to kind of go with the flow and figure out, you know, and my business is going to change over time to fit the needs of my, my clients. So should I be extremely concerned with really nailing my logo right off the bat, nailing a tagline right off the bat and just, you know, or is it, it am I allowed a little bit of flexibility as my business grows in the first couple of years? Well, you definitely need to think for flexibility, but you also need to have something to brand right so while your services may change your company name is kind of going to stay the same um, now there's a couple you know and everything is a little bit different based on the exact situation but i find that a lot of business owners kind of run in circles and run in circles and run in circles and then don't make a decision mm -hmm. i had a client this year that decided that he needed to downsize but exactly how he was going to downsize he kept waffling about. At the end of the day, he knew what his business name was, for example, and it stood for all the services, the home services that he provides, but it didn't list them. So he was able to kind of change what services he wanted to provide. So the branding remained the same. It was the marketing communications that we ended up changing. You know, call us today for this service, call us today for that service, or now's the time of year where you should start thinking about this. So that's how it evolves. But your, your company and your brand, you know, should kind of remain intact. Okay, great, great. Good feedback. Well, well, thanks. And, you know, actually, that is a segue into my third uh, thing that you must do with your marketing uh, when, when getting started. That is developing a mission statement. Every company must have that, whatever, whether you have a service or a product. And a mission statement does not need to be some, you know, long, drawn out, you know, multi-paragraph thing. A mission statement is quite simply what it is that you want to do and how you want to accomplish it. Many companies uh, that are humongous still go back to their mission statement to make sure that they are staying true to their values. And I, as a consultant, went back several times within this past year uh, to make sure that I was staying true to what, it, what I said that I wanted to do. And also it got me excited again, you know, because there's ups and downs and you're not going to kill it every single day. So 
you know, a mission statement is really important. And I know, Jamie, when you and I were talking, uh, when you were getting things started, that was one of the things that you were developing was your mission statement and your business plan. And uh, tell everybody kind of how that went. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I had to, um, you know, I spent 20 years being a business coach. And so that some of these things that I have told all these business owners for years and years and years, I got to practice what I preached. And so before I even became licensed in real estate, for example, I had a business plan, I had a strategy, I had goals that I set for myself. And I can still pull those things, those documents out now and look at them. And being that now we're in the fourth quarter of 2017, those are definitely documents that I'm pulling out, looking at, seeing, you know, did I do what I said I was going to do? Am I following following what I wanted to do? do? Is my objective still the same? Do I need to modify anything? And I'm, you know, re, kind of recreating my strategy for going into 2018. But it, what it, by developing that mission statement and developing my business plan, it allowed me to kind of have a uh, guidepost to get me where I am today. I, I wasn't waffling to get here. I had a plan and I just executed it. Yeah, and I, I swear it's like you know exactly what I'm going to say next because that's the next thing, planning your objectives. Now, I have a sheet, and this is uh, going to be one of our uh, giveaways after this podcast that we're going to give on our Facebook page, so a little spoiler alert there, but I have something called a marketing solution matrix, and I use this matrix when I sit down with clients and potential clients and even friends uh, to, to talk about how they want to approach their marketing. And there's, you know, 75 different things that you can do in marketing. Um, anything from just traditional advertising to content marketing, which is a new hot thing, uh, digital marketing, event marketing, market research, mobile marketing, networking, and more. And, and so I sit down and we discuss what, what the objectives are uh, and then kind of choose the tactics and the campaign programming that would then get that going and, and fulfill the objectives. So planning your objectives is the most important thing. Now, one thing that Jamie's going to mention later, because I know this, is you don't have to have the most unique idea. There's a lot of companies that do the same thing. I mean, Jamie and I do the same thing. We do consulting, right? But we approach it differently. And um, you know, not every solution that we provide is going to be what the other person can provide. And so going through and establishing and planning for your objectives will help you be able to solve for it. And I know, Jamie, uh, when you saw my marketing solution matrix, you printed it off right away and uh, we had a discussion about it. And mm -hmm. uh, I hope it's been helpful for you. Absolutely. It's very helpful. I can't wait to see it on the Facebook page and see you know, how our listeners react to it and able to use it in the launch of their businesses. Me too. And so my last thing, so number five is establishing your marketing vendors. Because you're a consultant, you might have a couple people that you work with. Maybe you're not just going to be an independent consultant. Uh, you're going to do something. But you do need to establish your marketing vendors. You need to have a company that can help printed materials print materials for you, you need a digital agency of some sort. Uh, unless you are a digital marketing consultant, you will need a digital agency to help consult you on how to do things and to actually, you know, see them through. You also need a vendor for creative resources. 
Uh, if you do get a company name, you are going to need a logo. So you're going to have to do some networking to find a pool of marketing vendors that you can call on to be able to help you. And, and you know, for me, that's what I do is marketing and I have marketing vendors. I have several people in each of those categories that I know I can call on. And you don't need, you know, a list of 50 people, but you do need to be able to count on other vendors to help you out where you can't do it yourself. And uh, I, I've seen a lot of businesses struggle with that. Um, some of my clients, they feel like they have the wrong solution for sometimes half of the things that you know, they've been wanting uh, that they need to do. And so it's part of my job to help them you know, get a, a solid pool of people that can help them. But uh, as any business or any product owner, that's definitely what you need. And uh, don't be afraid to interview. Don't be afraid to do an RFP to talk about capabilities, uh, to make sure that it's an arrangement that is comfortable for you whether it be a communication arrangement, how you want to engage the vendor, a payment arrangement, uh, you know, whether or not you want to do even a trade for services. Uh, so just think about that. It's a very important thing. So that kind of recaps the five things that I feel uh, that you must do with your marketing. And the next portion of this podcast is for Jamie to talk about the five things you must do with your operations. So Jamie, take it away. Well, great. Well, thanks, Laura. And um, uh, Laura kind of segued a little bit earlier into some of the things I'm going to talk about. So my number one um, topic is, or tactic, I should say, my number one tactic is to identify your niche market or your service. So uh, I may have told this story on a, a podcast already, but I'll tell you it briefly. You know, for years, I always knew that I was going to be my own boss, that I was going to own my own business. I just didn't know what I was going to do. I feel like I have a lot of skills. I have a lot of um, capability. I have a lot of experience. Um, I'm totally capable of running my own business. I knew that for the last 10 or 15 years. I just couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. And I pondered trying to find, you know, the next big standout, unique business idea. And I just, I, I could not figure it out. I mean, it, it took a long time until this year when I finally decided, you know what, I don't have to be the next Microsoft. I don't have to be the next Apple because there's so many people in the world that need a variety of services and products. And the companies that are out providing those services and products right now are not necessarily meeting the needs of every consumer out there whether it be um, just a different type of uh, product and services being provided, uh, uh, personality conflicts, um, you know, different levels of customer services acceptable from one company, from, you know, from one consumer experience to the other. And so I just have realized that I don't have to create some whole new business idea. I can just jump in with something that I'm passionate about and just be the very best that I can be at it. And so that's how I've landed on doing um, consulting work and also doing real estate. Um, because there's not, there is enough business for everyone. There's plenty of business to go around. And like Laura said, she and I are both consultants. We're not running into each other. In fact, we may have opportunities to work on projects together, but we both represent very different um, segments of the marketplace and so you know uh, Laura is not a threat to my business and I'm not a threat to Laura's business if anything you know I compliment her business and she could compliment mine and so it's a good to 
you know, find other people in your marketplace where you can kind of team up and maybe bounce ideas off of each other and um, share clients. Yeah, actually, great point. And I've mentioned this before in our first or second episode. Now I can't keep track because we have <laughs> so many. Uh, but, you know, we talked a bit about mentors and, um, you know, connecting with people that do what you do. And I can't tell you enough how helpful it is to have somebody that does what you do and you have an agreement and you just don't conflict with each other, but you can bounce ideas off of each other. Mm -hmm. Now that helps when you don't cover the same territory or have slightly different skill sets or a slightly different product or service offering, mm -hmm. uh, but it's really important. Yes, absolutely. So I'll move on into my second um, tactic, which is um, to develop an operating budget. And, you know, that kind of goes back into Laura's area, which is developing that marketing budget. And you got to review it monthly. So when you're getting ready to launch a business, you should definitely sit down, figure out what are your expenses going to be for the first year? I mean, do you have to have a brick and mortar? Do you have to have a logoed vehicle? Are you going to have to have a fleet of vehicles? Do you have to have a whole bunch of tools and equipment? What, what do you need in order to provide the service to your clients? And, and you don't, you know, start small. You don't have to be the jack of all trades, kind of going back into my number one. You don't have to provide every single service under the umbrella where your business falls. Find a niche to go in, which will minimize and limit the expenses that you're going to have as you're beginning, as you're beginning your business. Fine-tune that niche. Develop that operating budget and that marketing budget. You know, put the bare minimum in there, but be very, you know, be very um, conservative with it and track it. Um, you know, keep track of your expenses. You're going to need that at the end of the year anyway, because you're going to have to file taxes on it. So keep, keep track of everything, you know, meet with the CPA, get a good operating budget in place. Um, I did that with my business. I'm sure Laura did that as well. Heck, Laura and I even put together a budget tracker for our podcast. Even oh, though we yeah. Have, <laughs> we have very little expenses <laughs> associated with this, but that was one of the first things we did. We said, okay, how much is it going to cost us? to do this podcast. And, um, and so as a business owner, I mean, one of your, you know, uh, one of your best assets is your capital. It's the money that you have in order to invest in your business is what's going to keep you going. And so if you just go out willy nilly spending that money that you have, that you were to invest in business, um, in certain categories, it's not, it's not going to get you very far. And before long, you're going to be looking outside of your actual business that you started in order to generate income because your business is not generating the income that you expected it to, to generate. Mm -hmm. um, and so having that budget and really managing it and monitoring it monthly and watching your cash flow, watching your receivables, all those things is, is so important. And, you know, I, in part of my consulting business, I've met with businesses that will tell me, oh, uh, my finances are fine. I've got money in the bank. Okay, well, I mean, how many, how many, how many, how many checks that you've written haven't been cashed? What bills are coming up next quarter that you're not thinking about? And just because you have some positive cash flow doesn't mean come September 15th, you're going to have that positive cash flow. So how do you need to be conserving today in order to make sure you're sustaining for tomorrow? So uh, you really, if you're not, you don't have to be a finance major. You just need to know a little bit of uh, of the basics and have a good CPA and they can keep you on track. And so there's a couple monthly statements that you should be looking at each month. That's your profit and loss statement. And that just basically tells you if you're profitable, 
shows you your, your revenue, shows you your expenses for the month, and then it shows you uh, your profits or your, or your or losses in a month. And it's okay to have a loss every, every, every now and then because you, may, you, know, you have some expenses uh, outweigh your, your income in some months, and there's, uh, you know, there's ebb and flow to every business and seasonalities. And so plan for those. Put those in your budget. Know that they're going to happen and when they're going to happen. Um, another uh, uh, financial statement that you're going to see every month is your balance sheet, and that's going to that's going to show you how your business is balance how your business balances between your assets, liability, and the owner's equity, which is the part of the business that you actually own. And the third thing that you need to look at each month is a cash flow statement, which is a predictor report that's going to show you where your cash is going to have to how how your cash is going to be spent over the next couple of months. It's going to show you. What kind of cash outage am I going to have going out and coming in over the next 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, 120 days, however far out you want to look at it, so that you can be planning? Um, I, I have coached so many businesses over my life over the last 20 years, and some some months I'll talk to business owners and they'll say, oh, everything's fantastic, everything's great, you know, we're doing so well, I sold a couple of new accounts, and things are doing just awesome, and I couldn't be happier. Two months later, how's things going? Oh my gosh, I don't know how we're going to make payroll this month. And did, you know, just it's just their their attitude of their business has went from you know 110 down to like 20 percent, and they're just you know they went from high to low, and it's because they had a lot of expenses associated with starting all that business up that they didn't plan for, and they weren't watching their cash flow statements, and therefore they weren't planning on a lot cash outages to go out and all the equipment that they had to buy to get these accounts started up. The fact that clients may pay later than it is expected and now they're cash strapped and they can't make payroll. And that, I mean, make, not making payroll and having a cash poor business is one of the main reasons businesses go out of, out of business. So having that financial piece in place for your business um, is definitely in, in the, in my top five, it's number two. So um, I'll move on and uh, get off my financial uh, soapbox and get over to technology <laughs> we, soapbox. We both uh, we both have our hot like our, our hot topics and definitely um, uh, you and I have had a lot of discussions about the finances part. So I think you did a great job. Thank you. Um, the next one is technology and, uh, and I'm, a, I'm a technology junkie. I mean, I'm the first one that will say, yep, I'll try that trial or yep, I'll sign up for that service. And, you know, I, I have to screen my calls for telemarketers because I'm I am bad about going, oh, I'm driving down the road. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Sign me up. Where do I get my credit card? Oh, yeah. <laughs> And, you know, so I try a lot of different things out, which I am, that's going to be one of my New Year's resolutions to not do that. But, um, uh, you know, you, you need to plan for the basics. What is it that you have to have as a bare minimum to work, make your business function? You know, you don't have to have a, you know, this fancy website that does, you know, all these, you know, place videos and, you know, does all these cool things or does calculations and whatever it is that you're doing in your business that costs a whole, whole lot of money to create. You do not have to start your business with that. You need to start bare minimum, look for free to low cost to no cost um, technology pieces. I'd say probably the most important thing for you to have in place is going to be that financial software and then also a really good CRM um, software, which if you don't know what that is, that's a customer relationship manager software. It's going to track those customers. It's going to 
give you a place to house them and so that, that you don't forget about them. It's going to give you a place to communicate with them, um, keep, keep a hold of the, your history with that client and all the particulars that go along with that client, their preferences, you know, anniversaries, um, different things that you need to know about them. Um, and actually, yeah, if you don't mind, I'm going to just hop in for a second. That is so important. And one of the things that took me probably the longest was, uh, outside of finding a financial software that I was happy with because of the way I do business, my, my service is my brain matter, right? And so it's, you know, do you, uh, charge by project by hour? And then you have to have software that kind of allows you to do that. Other companies, like some of my home services companies, they uh, have software that kind of allows them to schedule and get payment and bill people and do estimates and things like that because not every estimate turns into a paid job. Um, but what I, what I was going to say is that the thing that I spent the most time doing and thinking about this year was a CRM platform. And there are, there are a ton out there. And I think we were going to dedicate one of our podcast episodes to evaluating a couple and giving people, you know, our honest feedback on, you know, how they work out and what they're good for. But uh, finding CRM software takes a, an amount of time. There's demos that are needed and then you need to try them out. And not all of them are free. So you need to figure out what your budget is worth or what, what you want to budget for and whether or not it's worth it. So that's one thing just for everybody. Um, CRM is definitely something that I recommend from a marketing aspect as well. Yes, absolutely. And, and yes, Laura, we, work, we are going to do a podcast on CRM. And, um, you know, I've mentioned in a, in a prior podcast that finding a CRM has been, you know, a pain point and a struggle for me because I'm so particular and so I know exactly what I want. I know what I want it to do. And it's just finding that software that will do all the things for me. My business is very reliant on Facebook. I do a lot of Facebook advertising, marketing, lots of leads through social media. And so I am, I live in my Facebook messenger box. I live in text message. I live in, um, you know, post on my Facebook page, post on other boards and things like that. And so my leads are all over the place. And so having a system to funnel that information to has been a real challenge. I haven't figured it out yet. I actually am on my second CRM that I just start, I just launched a CRM um, two weeks ago. Well, it's a whole new website, but it's, it's not really absolutely 100% launched yet. So um, I've had to invest in it a little bit. Um, so I'm spending some money on it. I'm not married to it. I'm not afraid to change it out in a couple of months. I'm trying to make this tr this um, transaction seamless for my 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 consumer, my customers, my prospects, and my clients. I don't want the, them to feel like this is a, a wishy-washy um, experience. They're not feeling that because um, I'm managing it and I'm planning for that. But uh, I have to, in the long term, long run, find something that's gonna going to meet my needs because otherwise, I'm gonna you know, lose prospects because I have no way to keep up with them. Mm -hmm. Um, because if I take on, if I do some, some, some marketing, I may generate 20 or 30 prospects that aren't ready for my service today, but they might be ready in three to four or five months and I've lost place with, lost touch with them. They're definitely going to have lost touch with me because it's my job to keep up with them. So CRM is very important. Um, 
And uh, my number four is to establish a, a vendor resource list, just like it was on your your list. Um, yeah, I think it was your number five. Uh, it actually mm -hmm. made it to my number four also. Um, and mine is more along the lines of, you know, for supplies, services, like your CPA, your attorney, your, your banking relationship. Do you need someone to help you with short-term loans and things like that if you're financing large projects? Um, uh, internet, you know, just all those kind of things. Um, like for me in real estate, you know, I need to have a good general contractor. I need to have a good plumber. I need to have a good electrician, heating and air guy, uh, things like the stager, just people like that, people that I can call on, that I can trust, that I'm, that I'm familiar with their work, that, uh, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to invite someone out for the first time to, to bid on a project that I have no experience with. Now, obviously you have to start somewhere and you're always going to have your first experience with someone at some point in time, but I would just say, uh, you know, find someone that you like and you can trust that does good work. Um, and don't be afraid to get those from referrals, ask for referrals and get those from referrals and, and interview a couple of people, have some people that you talk to and you meet up with. It's okay to go have coffee with some people, figure out what they do, um, get some references, but definitely have a list and it's okay to change. Um, if they're not meeting your needs, not meeting your customers needs, find someone else. Um, um, find a trusted advisor to give you some referrals. You know, it's funny. That's another thing that I deal with with my clients is they've had somebody do something for them for so long and they're afraid to find someone else because of the amount of time it's going to take and they're so busy with other things. They just don't have the time to look for a new vendor to tackle, you know, something that they had had before. And I just tell them, you know, it's going to save you time uh, and money probably and uh, anguish in the long run if you just bite the bullet and find a new vendor and make a new relationship because, you know, needs change, your business change. We were talking about evolving your services earlier in this podcast. So just be mindful of that. Absolutely. Um, and so my top five, my number five is to plan your board of directors. And what I mean by that is who are, and Laura mentioned mentors earlier in the call, and, I get, and it probably falls on the line of mentors, but who are your people that you are, who's your go-to? Who are you sharing your goals with? Who are you telling what your plans are? It could be a spouse, a sibling, a friend, um, could be, you know, a, a partner, a, a, whoever. Um, I mean, Laura is one of my people. My husband's one of my people. I have a couple other you know, friends that I share everything with. And it's a way to kind of hold yourself accountable because if you tell your advisor or your board of directors group, and it's not like you're going to get together and sit around a big board table. It's send somebody a text message. Hey, I got a cool idea. This is what I'm going to do. You know, next time they call you and you talk, they're going to say like, hey, how'd that, how'd that go? Oh, yeah, I never got around to doing that. You know? You, the, you have these people in your life that you share your goals with and they're going to ask you about them and you need that. And you, you can and feel comfortable enough if you choose them as your board of director to say, hey, you know what, I'd really appreciate if you would, you know, check in on me on this every once in a while because I need somebody to help me hold, hold me accountable. I'm, I'm my own boss. It's easy for me to kind of, uh, Hey, there's a squirrel or, Oh, look at that. Look at that dog over there and just kind of get off on, a, on, on a rabbit hole. And I need somebody to help hold me accountable. And so that's what having that board of directors is for you. So pick out three, four, five people that can help hold you accountable. 
All right. And so uh, that's my top five. And Laura and I actually came up with a bonus idea because it was on both of our lists. And we said, hey, let's just make this a bonus. I'll cover it real quickly. And then we're going to close this awesome podcast out. Um, our bonus topic was is um, to develop a time management plan and accountability. It kind of goes along with and having your board of directors. But you need to know, like, okay, here's my, here's my next 12 months. Here's what I want to do. So kind of like having that budget in place. So here's my next 12 months, you know, by my, by my month one, I want to have accomplished this by month three, I want to accomplish this. And this could be really small goals. It could be, you know, I want to have met, you know, uh, 20 new prospects each month. And so set some small goals, set some timelines. Uh, it could be, I want to establish a relationship with, um, three new bankers by, you know, the third month in business, things like that, write them down. They're part of your business strategy, part of your business plan. So that way when you pull that thing out, you should pull it out every month. When you're looking at your financial statements, pull that business plan out, glance over it. Are you on track? If not, how do you get back on track? Because the only way you're going to achieve your goals is by staying on track, doing what you know you have got to do. Otherwise you're going to find yourself at the end of your first year of business and say, you know, what did I accomplish? You know, did I get off? Where did I, where did I get off track? You won't know because you didn't track it throughout the year. Yes, and uh, I'll I'll take the reins from there. Uh, and and you kind of said this: talk is cheap. You'll lose momentum if you if you don't uh, write it down and hold yourself accountable for it. We've talked quite a bit about time management, and that is, I think, one of the most important things for being a successful business owner. I've seen it with my consulting clients. When they don't put the time in for a time management plan and give the time that they need to move their business forward, they're not gonna be successful. So I'm gonna take it from here and uh, mention again our free download on our Facebook page. It's going to have the five things that you must do with your marketing and your operations, plus the bonus, and uh, also the marketing solution matrix that I mentioned before, all yours. So at this time, uh, we are going to close out and I am going to say uh, thank you for listening to this podcast. You can find us online on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com forward slash outsourced insiders podcast. Like our page and share with others you think would get inspired by listening to our podcast. Also, be sure to look for our free guide available for download from our Facebook page. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash outsourced insiders podcast.